Welcome to the Movement Podcast with Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center. Today we continue our photobomb series with a message entitled Life's Upsets, which we are all familiar with. So today, as you listen, we pray that you are encouraged to keep moving forward. Let's tune in. Go with me really quickly to Joshua chapter 6, verse 18. It's nothing like getting in the presence of God. Amen. Six, Joshua chapter 6, verse 18. And we're going to stop right there. When you get it, just stop. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Most of what I read, if not all of what I will read, will come out of the New Living Translation. So today, when, if you're following along, a good way to follow along is just to go to, it says NLT, just follow along on the screen and uh, you'll be good to go. Uh, uh, on your 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 uh, iPod or I- iPad, I should say, an iPhone, maybe iPod. Just read along on the, in the NLT. Amen. Go with me to Joshua chapter six, verse eighteen. You know, this past month in April, we have taken time out uh, in a series to um, to to really talk about photo bombs and photo bombs. I know for some of you, this is very redundant, but. Just, just bear with me for at least a minute or two. Photobombs is something that is unexpected, unintended, and unannounced. It's something that comes in your life that is just, it, it gets in the picture of your life and you didn't see it coming. And it actually kind of spoils your, your picture of life. Now, there are some good photobombs. There are some unexpected, unintended. Uh, there's some things that, blessings and, and breakthroughs that I believe can come too that you may not even see coming. Um, but at the same time, I believe that uh, in this focus today, we want to talk about, at least today, we want to talk about just those, those bad photobombs. We all can have them. And so we've talked about that. We, we talked about just how life can hit you fast in so many words. And if not hit you fast, it can be some unexpected things that occur. And, you know, whenever uh, surprises come, realize this, that God is never surprised. God is never surprised. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Psalms 139 that he saw all of our days before a single day had even passed. And so God sees it all. He's not caught off guard. He's not up in heaven jumping off his throne saying, oh, my goodness, did you just see what happened? He's not, he's not texting OMG on his text message to his angels, talking about, did you see what happened? He is not surprised. He is he's very much in tune with what's going on. We're the ones surprised, but he's not. And, you know, sometimes we have unexpected things that happen, unintended things that happen that just kind of throw us off. And really, this series should take a moment to settle you and to comfort you and to build your faith, to let you know that God is still for you. He still loves you. He still cares for you. He does have some things that I believe he wants us to correct because I believe even with everything that's going on uh, with Corona and the shock maybe that's hitting the nation, I believe that there are some corrections that really can take place um, while we're in this period in this season. We can really take advantage of and You'll hear some of that echo today in the message. Um, but we talked about that last Sunday. If you go get the podcast, we were we were actually talking about uh, the photobomb, the interruption and how. Jesus engaged into a conversation without anyone really even even telling him he could join. Uh, he just jumped right in. He just butted right in the conversation, and he began to process with some men 
a photo bomb they had just what I would say is a photo bomb they had that had just occurred. There was a great prophet in their eyes, great teacher. We know him to be the son of God, some of us, but he had just died and they were sitting there processing and Jesus just jumped right into their conversation. And eventually he got them to a point where their eyes were open or where they were with them in his presence, I should say, his eyes were open and they recognized Jesus and they ran back and told people that he was really risen. This past Tuesday night, we talked about unintended wrecks and you should have received a completed outline for that. We talked about how we can count on God's presence in unintended wrecks. There are some wrecks in life. There's some there's some unexpected happenings that take place that we really didn't see coming. We didn't intend for them to come, but they still came into our life. Paul was on a boat uh, or really on a ship with a bunch of men who didn't want to listen to him. And he he ended up getting into a shipwreck. He ended up getting into a shipwreck because of somebody else's poor behavior and poor decisions. And in life, you know, you know, we talk about unexpected, unintended, but what about when these unexpected, unintended things happen because of somebody else's poor actions? It could be your father's poor actions that messed up your childhood. It can be your mother's poor actions that messed up your childhood. It can be a spouse's poor actions that messed up your your credit. It could be a, 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 a spouse's poor actions that has caused you emotional turmoil. It could be it could be a whole bunch of things where people it could be a supervisor at your job who's just mess, seemingly messed up your career. What happens when somebody else causes a shipwreck that you have to endure as well? It's them that's the res- that's the source of it, but you have to experience it with them. And so we talked about Tuesday night when you're on the ship with somebody else and they can't drive. You know, it's one thing that they, it's one thing if you can't drive. It's another thing if somebody else can't drive. And they and they and you got to endure the wreck with them because they they fell asleep. Amen. And you told them three times, if you need me to drive, let me drive. And they didn't tell you. And they end up wrecking with you in the car. That's one of the worst things that can happen. And so we talked about those unintended wrecks. But Paul had a word. And uh, and actually, I want to correct myself. It wasn't in Acts 28. We never really know if Paul went to Caesar, but we do know he went to Rome. And it's kind of up in the air, so I correct myself in that it wasn't a, it wasn't in Acts 28 that they shared it, but I will say that the angel of the Lord came to him. I don't believe it was a demonic angel. And the angel gave him a word. He says, "Paul, he says you will stand before Caesar," and he wasn't before Caesar then. And I believe that if you have a word from God that's saying that you're going to do something and you haven't done it yet, you can take that to the bank. And so whatever is happening now, if you haven't got to the last word, now you know what? If you don't have a word now, now that's when you really need to start praying. Because I believe as long as God has a word out on your life for now, in this earthly life, that if you haven't experienced yet, you still know you have time left on this earth. And so you don't have to, you don't have to worry. You, look, corona can't stop that word. Amen. Cancer can't stop that word. Come on, people hating you can't stop that word. I believe that word is your, like, it's like an insurance plan. Amen. And so we, we can count on God's word. We can count on God's presence. And, and he said he's a, he's a present help, and he's, he's ready to help us in time of trouble. I don't believe it's just always just, just waiting back either. I believe we've got to pursue him. But as a present help, count on his presence, count on his word. Amen. Count on his sustaining power. God did sustain Paul through the shipwreck, and he brought him through the island. Now, today... We're talking about the photobomb or photobomb life's upsets. Now, this, this, what we were talking about Tuesday night really could be an upset, but there are some upsets that we face in life. And I know for those of you that play sports 
or that are familiar with sport, we know that sports, we know that the term upsets comes up from time to time when teams who are quote unquote the underdogs seemingly win. And we might, it might be in a playoff game and the underdog comes in and plays the number one seed and there's only a 16 seed and all of a sudden the 16 seed uh, surprises or upsets the number one seed. This is what we call an upset. It's where you thought everything was going to work out in the favor of another person or you, and then you find out you get upset because what you thought was going to happen did not happen. So today we want to talk about dealing with life's upsets. We want to talk about today dealing with life's upsets. So if you don't mind, go with me really quickly to Joshua chapter 6, verse 18. Joshua chapter 6, verse 18. By the way, that's not me. That's, some, that's another Joshua. So just for those of you that thought that might have been me, I'm not that old. Amen. So it's a joke. You can laugh. Amen. Joshua 6, verse 18, it says, Do not take any of the things set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be completely destroyed. Let me read it one more time. It says, Do not take any of the things set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be destroyed, will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on the camp of God, or camp of Israel. It says, everything you, everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. Let me read it one more time. Verse 18. Do not take any, do not take any, do not take any, do not take any. Come on, say that with me. Say it loud. Say, do not take any. I want you to shout it out in your house. Amen. Go on and wake up your kids. They should be up, maybe. Amen. Uh, of the things set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must, not maybe, it must be brought into his treasury. Go over for me to Joshua chapter 7, verse 1. So, so there's an instruction that's given. Now, just to give you the context, Joshua is starting to move forward and possessing the promised land that, that God had talked to Moses about. Moses brought them out of Egypt a powerful way. There were plagues that were released, and God was just... He was doing some really ridiculous things in the nation of Egypt, brought his people out. Through the, and then eventually the, the game changer moment was really when, uh, really the end all for Egypt is concerned, is when he brought them out through the Red Sea. The Red Sea split up on, on both sides. There was a wall of water on both sides. And Moses led the people out. Amen. And then he moved them into the wilderness. And the wilderness was not pretty. Amen. The wilderness was not it was not, it was not uh, embassy suites, glory to God. There was nothing, it was not a resort, amen. It was something that was not pleasant to live through, but nevertheless, it was a place of what I would say is brokenness. God was trying to break them so that they would begin to depend on him. Uh, and, and they really, I believe, found out, or God's attempt was to help them to find out how much they needed him in that season. And then he brings them into the promised land. He's about to 
bring them into the promised land. He, tell, he shows Moses the promised land, but he won't allow Moses to enter it. And somewhere before or after, in that time, Moses, uh, he, he talks to a young man and one of his mentees, Joshua. And this was going to be his successor. And he, he commissions Joshua to lead the people into the promised land that God said was for his people. And so Joshua is going into the land. They had just crossed through the Jordan River, probably back in Joshua 1 or 2, somewhere around there. And I shouldn't say just, but prior to this at least. And he's going through the, 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 the river, the Jordan River. The river splits on both sides just like the Red Sea did. And it was a great time for them. So they're moving on. And so they get into Jericho in Joshua chapter 6. And Jericho was a walled city. And if you notice when that the, 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 the walls of Jericho, some of you may have grew up or hearing that story in Sunday school. And they, they shouted and and they and 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 when they and as they were shouting or before or after somewhere around it, the walls came what tumbling down, and it was a great scene. And and so, but they still had to go in and possess it even after the walls came down, amen. Which is another story because some of us feel like the walls came down. That was a great great time. That's a great opportunity. But it, it's that's what it is. It, it, it affords us now the time to go in without a wall. And so they got breakthrough, but they still had to fight. And so what if the breakthrough leads you to a fight? Some of you say, I got a breakthrough in my life, but what if that leads you to more opposition? Because even after that, they still had to charge into Jericho, and they still had to go and fight. And so as they're fighting, and as they're doing what they do, you know, when you go in and you fight a, a particular people, there are spoils that come out of it. There are spoils from war. And, and what Joshua is telling them in so many words, or what's being said in this book, or, or chapter 6, is, is, hey, guys, when you go in, don't be taking none of their uh, their Urimen. Don't be taking none of their Jarmans, jewelry. Come on. Don't take that silver or that gold or that bronze is not for you. It should be going in the sacred treasury of the Lord. And so he's kind of, he's sitting there kind of giving them the, the, the 411. He's saying, don't do that. And so it ends up happening that towards the end of, of Joshua 6, so they go in, they shout, and the walls come down and, and different things that have happened. And that's all great. They got a victory. You know, Rahab, the prostitute, was saved, but they got the victory anyway. And so in Joshua 7, the Bible says in verse 1, but Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. Now, Joshua didn't notice, and I'm going to show you that he didn't know this. He wasn't aware of this. This is already setting us up for a photobomb. He didn't notice. He didn't, ex- he didn't think this was happening. He didn't, you know, he didn't see it coming. But it says a man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan was the son of Carmi, a descendant of Zimri, son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of A, east of Bethel, near Beth Haven. When they returned, they told Joshua, there's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or three thousand men to attack A or I. It says, since there are so few of them, don't make all our people struggle to go up there. In other words, they were saying, this is not going to be a difficult win. This is not that big of a deal. I mean, we can take them out just like that. You remember I was telling you about the upset? And so it says, so approximately three thousand warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. 
the Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events. What event is paralyzing you? What event has happened in your life that is paralyzing you with fear, that is holding you back from doing what God has called you to do? The Bible says the Israelites were paralyzed with this turn, with fear at this turn of events, and their courage melted away. And it goes on to say, verse 6, Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay, threw dust on their heads, and bowed face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening. Then Joshua cried out, O sovereign Lord, this is verse 7, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you are going to let the Amorites kill us? Now, it was a supernatural passage that the Lord created for them to go through the Jordan River. He said, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you are going to let the Amorites kill us? Have you ever got to a place in your life where you're saying, God, you brought me this far. I hope you didn't bring me this far to leave me. I hope you didn't bring me this far to kill me. I hope you didn't bring me this far for me to lose my mind. I hope you didn't bring me this far for me to lose my marriage. I hope you didn't bring me this far for me to lose my business. I hope you didn't bring me this far for me to lose this career. Lord, I know you didn't do all you did in my past for me to have this glitch right now in my life. I know this is not about to happen. I know you didn't do that. And he's saying, saying he says, if you are going to let the Amorites kill us, if only we had been content, if only we had been content to stay to stay on the other side as only we have been content. Now, I want you to understand something. There's a couple of unhealthy reactions, and I got it listed on your outline for us, that we, we can all have when we face an upset. I believe this was an upset. I think about, I was just looking at it earlier about, I don't know if you all know Michigan Wolverines, but Michigan Wolverines at one point in time was ranked number five in the nation. And there was a team that came and played them that's actually right here in North Carolina. You know what the name of that team was called? The Appalachian State Football Team. And they came and they fought and they played the number five team of the nation, the Michigan Wolverines, and they beat them. I believe the score was 34 to 32. They upset them. Appalachian was considered, I would say, the underdog. It looked like everything was in Michigan's favor, but they still lost. And so I want you to imagine this. In this particular situation, almost in a sense, they were, the people that they were about to fight were the underdogs. They were the team that had, didn't have the resources. Matter of fact, they say in the scripture, they, didn't, they don't have a lot of people. We don't even need to use all our people. So you got you to gotta see this. Their, their, their hope, their expectancy was, man, this is an easy win. We got this. How many times in life do we face situations where we say this is an easy win, but we find out it becomes a defeat? We thought that the person would be our spouse. We said, oh, this is good. We got this. It's just a matter of time before we get married. And even after the engagement, the marriage still doesn't come to fruition. Oh, what about the time where you said, oh, man, this is an easy win. I got this job. I've got all the credentials. I went to school for 100 years. I know I got this. This is easy. I know other people that don't even got half of what I got, and, 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 and they're on this job. So I know I can get with all my credentials, but you find out you don't get it. That's an upset. That's an upset. That's an upset. Where everything in your body is working right, 
you haven't eaten anything bad. You, all you ate was organic food. Come on now. All you, you know, they ain't got earth fair no more, but you went to poop, poop, public, whatever they call it, Publix, their Harris Teeter, all them places. You went to all the healthy spots, ate all the healthy food you can get. You said, this is an easy win. I know that my doctor is not going to say anything bad about my health right now. And so these, are, these are easy wins. And, and, and Israel thought, oh, man, this is easy. We got this. And what a turn of events that took place when they found out that they were defeated by somebody they felt they should have beat. And there are some times in life where we feel like we should have had victories that really were losses. And we felt like we should have been able to conquer this thing, but we didn't conquer it. It was a turn of events. I believe that was a photobomb. It was an unexpected event. It was an upset. And so what we see here is that in, in this particular scripture, Joshua begins to have a conversation with the Lord. And he says, why did you bring us here? That's a lot of, that's a big question that all of us probably ask when we get upset. Why, 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 and why? Why, 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 why? We ask why to the Lord a thousand times. I don't know, if, I don't know if you, you may be more sanctified and spiritual than other people, but I know there might be somebody that's listening that's asked the question why before. They've asked the question, God, why? They said, I've been praying, fasting, why? I've been in my word. Why? I go to church. I pay my tithes. Why? Come on now. Have you ever have you ever asked this question why? I believe it's natural for us to try to troubleshoot what's going on. He says, Lord, what are you trying to do? And I believe a couple of things that we have to be careful that we don't do when we face life's upsets. And the number one thing is I believe we 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 should not, we we should not, and I have it right here in the statement, we question God's goodness. We should not question God's goodness. Can I tell you this? God is still good, even though you're going through a whole lot of bad right now. God is still good. The Bible says, and you say, well, well I, don't, I don't experience it. I don't feel it. Well, the Bible talks about how it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, God can be good, but I don't know if we always can taste his goodness. That's the difference. The experience you have of God's goodness may be different than the fact that he truly is good. So realize this, God is always good. Can I suggest something to you? Have you ever ate something that put a bad taste in your mouth? And everything you ate after that in the next five to ten minutes tastes like it. It tastes bitter just like it. It tastes sour, whatever. It is because it's on your tongue. Can I suggest some of you have walked through some experiences that are so bad when you try to taste God, you taste God through all of the trial that you went through, through all of the problem that you went through, and you can't really taste that the Lord is good. But I'm here to assure you today that God is still good. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Go on and ask God just to wipe your tongue off, clean your taste buds. Amen. So the Lord is good. We question God's goodness. Number two, we question God's counsel or his direction. He said, why y'all, why you bring me out here, God? Why you do this? Why you tell me to do this? Why you give me this instruction? I was only obeying you. Why did you do? Why why you why you bring us here? Why did you bring us here in, in our marriage and our family? You told me to do this for my kids, and my kids are now they hate me because of what I did. Why 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 did you lead me this direction? You told me to give like you come on now. You told me to give this amount of money to the church, and I did. And it seems like it's biting me more than it's helping me right now. Why did you lead me this direction? Sometimes we begin to question God's counsel. Don't be looking at me like that through this camera. I might not see you in your household, but some of you probably have asked the question, God, why did you tell me to do this? We all can begin to question God. Now, this is after a man saw a Jordan River split. It's not like he hasn't seen the supernatural power of God. He's got a track record with God, and he's still saying, God, why did you lead me this direction? 
And so we question God's goodness. I believe that speaks about the intent. God, that you lead us here just to kill us. I believe that can even talk about sometimes the character of God. And God, are you really for me? And I told you before, everything doesn't have to be good to work for your good. Can I get an amen? And sometimes I believe God will lead you through, 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 through trial to get you the triumph. And so sometimes we don't like the passageway to getting to triumph. We don't like, we don't like the journey. We hate it. But, you know, God really can be taking you and me somewhere that, you, that, 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 that he told us he would. So number two, here it goes. Number, number two, God's counsel. We question God's counsel. Then number three, we question our obedience to God. We question our obedience to God. We question our obedience. God, was it really worth me obeying you? Was it really worth me saying yes? Was it really worth doing what you called me to do? You know, Joshua said in this same scripture, he said, if only we had been content to stay on the other side. If only we had been content to stay on the other side. I don't know what you're walking through right now, but maybe God is trying to provoke you to a new level in him. And, and, and you made that step, and now you're questioning the step you made. It's almost like Peter got out there on the water and started walking, and he saw those wind and waves, and he's like, God, what am I, what'd you do? Why you call me out here? Why you tell me to come out here? And some of you may be out there like Peter. You're looking at the wind and waves, and you're also looking at Jesus. And maybe even some of you are sinking, but I declare even now, if you just call out to the name of the Lord, I believe he can start helping you, strengthening you, reviving you, renewing your faith, encouraging you right now. Can I tell you this? Nothing you do for the Lord is ever a waste. Never question your obedience to God. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So we question God's goodness when upsets happen in life. Man, I didn't see that happening in my marriage. We question God's counsel. We might even question his word. God, your word is not true. I guess I'm just going to go and try to figure things out my own way. That's, that's, not, that's not wise. Amen. But sometimes when we're upset, we kind of like, God, I can't follow you. I can't trust your counsel anymore. The Bible says, trust in the Lord of all your heart. Then, then thirdly, we question God's, we question our obedience to God. Now, here's some healthy reactions to life's upsets. Number one, I believe it's healthy to review, to review. Take a review. Review your life. If you read this, this passage later on, you'll see where, where Joshua begins to review the camp, all right? He begins to take the camp, and he begins to take all of the tribes, and, and they all come together, and, and he begins to, to deduct and get, because he's trying to work out the whole process to get to the, the culprit that caused all this trouble. Again, this wasn't Joshua who caused this necessarily, but it was somebody in his camp that actually caused defeat for the whole nation. It's amazing how one person can mess it up for everybody else. And so we see here that this one man, he messes up. And so they, in verse 14, it jumps down and says, in the morning, you must present yourselves tribe by tribe. And the Lord will point out the tribe to which the guilty man belongs. That tribe must come forward with his clans. And the Lord will point out the guilty clan that clan will then come forward, and the Lord will point out the guilty family. Finally, each member of, member of the, the guilty family must come forward one by one. The one who has stolen what was set apart for destruction will himself be burned with fire, along with everything he has, for he has broken the covenant of the Lord and has done a horrible thing in Israel. He has done a horrible thing in Israel. And so it goes on, if you, and I'm not going to read all of it, but from verse 16 on probably until about verse, verse 20 or somewhere around there, you see Joshua reviewing the camp. He's examining 
the camp. You know, one of the things about upsets is it will cause us to examine ourselves. And I think it's a healthy, you know how many people probably now are evaluating their family relationships right now? How strong really was my relationship with my wife? Now it's got to be real strong because you see her more than ever now. Y'all in the same house working together. How strong was my relationship with my kids? You, it better be strong now because that's all you probably see. You got them an extra eight hours a day, and we're, we're, we're upset. And we're, but in this place of upset after that loss, we're, we're reviewing. I, I bet you after Michigan lost, they reviewed that film over and over and said, how did we lose to an Appalachian state? And, and, and upsets cause us to review our life, to look at, Lord, what am I saying or doing wrong? It's so easy to look at what God is doing wrong. But can I ask you, what is it that I'm doing that's off? What is it that I'm doing that's actually causing this upset? It's just like when you go around and you think you're good, and, and, and people, you see people running away from you everywhere you go, and you, you can't have long conversations with people, and you say, people are just bad. They just, all, they just don't like me. And then a person comes up to you, and they, they kind of help you to, to, to figure out some things about yourself. Like, for instance, there, there may be an odor maybe that's coming forth from your breath. And thank God for people who would check you and give you a piece of gum. Amen. Because I, I, I need people to help me review my bad breath. I know y'all ain't talking, and I know you ain't talking to me in the camera. But I'm going to tell you right now, all of us might not have physical bad breath, but we got some spiritual bad breath, and we got some things that cause adverse reactions in people's lives, and it causes adverse reactions on our job, and we can't see it. It's our blind side, but we need somebody else to help us to see the negative that's in our life. It's a time where you review. The Bible says in Psalms 26, verse 2, and I'm going to read this really quickly. Psalms 26, verse, verse 2, it says, Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart. He said, test my motives and my heart. I believe in this time that some of us are having to get our motives tested. Amen. Why do we do the things that we do? Why do we say the things that we say? Why do we do that? In verse 23, Psalms 139, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And then he says in verse 24, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So, so Joshua is here going through the camp of Israel trying to figure out what the problem is because God, when he talked to him, God told him, he says, man, in so many words, there is sin in the camp. There is something that you are missing. Sin means to miss the mark. And so I don't believe all the time it's right for us just to blame everything on God because God always does good. But sometimes we need to look at ourselves. So number one, review. Number two, we need to remove. Number two, we need to remove. In verse 13 in Joshua chapter 7, it tells them something. It says in Joshua chapter 7, verse 13, Joshua chapter 7, verse 13, it says, get up, command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, hidden among you. And there are some hidden things that might be in all of our lives. O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. You will never defeat your enemy until you remove these things from among you. Maybe those thing, that thing is a bad attitude. Come on now. Maybe it's the wrong actions. Maybe it's the wrong ambitions that we all can have in our hearts sometime. 
the, 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 what, what, are, what are we so ambition, ambitious about? Is it a holy ambition or is it a selfish ambition? Jesus said, if you want to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 verses, uh, verses 1 through 2, it talks about how we run the race of endurance. We run this race of endurance. We run the race of endurance. You say, how do we do that? He says, we do this by stripping off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin. Now, some of us are facing an upset. He said, I just don't feel like I can make it through this. Well, I want to encourage you today just to remove whatever weight it is that you're carrying, especially the sin. You know, sin can drag all of us down. But I believe it's so critical that we take an inventory of our life and not just take an inventory, but remove out of our life what we need to remove. And then the last thing we need to do, number three, a healthy reaction, is we need to reach forward, okay? After we reviewed our life, after we removed the things out of our life that God is telling us to remove, because, see, all the time, now, there are moments where we've done everything right. This is not even applicable for some of you, maybe. And there are times where, where, where we, just, we just need to do the last point. We just need to reach again. We need to try again. But it says reach forward. Number three, reach forward. Put that in your last blank. Reach forward, because in Joshua chapter 8, verse 1, that's what... That's what Joshua did. After he did, after he reviewed, after he removed, then Joshua, he did, he did the last thing. He reached forward. And this was a word that God had over his life. Can I just tell you this for some of you today? You, you, can I tell you this? When I talked about ambition, you gotta, we, we got to make sure that what we have is not just a selfish ambition, but it's a God assignment. Because if you're going after something that God hasn't assigned you to, that could be a, that could be a telltale reason for why you're not seeing the breakthrough. There are some things that we want to do, and there are some things that we are sent to do. How many know the safest place in the whole wide world, one of the safest places, to be right in the will of God, to be right where he sent you? That is the safest place. That's where I would say you have his provision for sure in the will of God. So I want you to make sure that's clear today because there are a lot of things we can do. Thank God for vision boards. But if that vision board is from selfish ambition rather than from a God assignment, then that may be a reason why we are not seeing the provision, the prosperity in that area. But Joshua does have a word from the Lord. This was what God wanted for him in his life. This is what God said he could have. But, but in the process of going after that, he reviewed, he removed, and then he reached forward. And he reached forward again and says, Joshua 8, verse 1 says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid or discouraged. And I want to tell you that today. Do not be afraid or discouraged. You might have faced some upsetting things in your life, but do not be afraid or discouraged. You might not have the job that you want, but do not be afraid or discouraged. Come on, it might seem like your family is dysfunctional right now, but do not be afraid or discouraged. You might have said 10 years ago, I never would have saw this coming, but do not be afraid or discouraged. You, you thought in your heart, I, I thought I would never see America like this, but do not be afraid or discouraged. Come on now. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He says, take all your fighting men and attack. Come on, you need to attack again. Whatever, I don't know what it is you need to attack again, but you just need to get up. Today, you just need to get up, and maybe even at your house, literally just standing up right there to get up again. There's some things that you stopped going after maybe because you became afraid and you were discouraged. And it says, take all your fighting men and attack, for I have given you 
the king of I. I have given you that job. I have given you that business. I have given you a healthy marriage. I have given you a healthy family. What is it that God has given you? I like how it says, I have given you. That's past tense. That means it's already done, but you just got to reach for it. You got to just go for it. You got to still go and possess what he's already given you. And so he said, look, he said, I have given you the king of I, his people, his town, and his land. And verse 2 says, you will destroy them as you destroy Jericho and his king. But this time, look at what he said this time. He said, but this time you may keep the plunder and the livestock for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the town. Now, as we get ready to close, I want you to think about what I said today. First of all, some unhealthy reactions we got to try to avoid. We should never question God's goodness. We should never question God's counsel. And we should never question God's obedience. And then healthy reactions. We, we've got to review our life. When, when upsets happen, just review. Take an inventory. Number two, we got to remove. When God points things out, we got to remove it. Number three, we got to reach for it. We got to reach for what God has for us. He says, I've given you the king of I. I've given you the king of I. What is it that God has given you? And you say, you know what? I don't even feel, I don't even feel like reaching out no more. I'm just so discouraged. I'm just so confused right now about what's happening in this nation, this world. But can I tell you this? Don't grow weary in well-doing. Because in due season, you will reap if you faint not. So it's interesting as I close that when he was in Jericho and they stole or they took what did not belong to them, they still won in Jericho. But it wasn't until the next battle. It wasn't until the next battle that the upset came. And when the upset came, the removal came. There are some things maybe in your life today that you would have never removed unless you had faced an upset. Can I suggest it to you? They still had it after the victory of Jericho. They probably had it between the, the, the victory of Jericho to the battle at, 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 at the other king of Ai or at Ai. They had it. They had it. But guess what? They didn't remove it, I don't believe, until the upset came. There wasn't a focus on it until the upset came. You know, the focus helps us to, uh, the, the upset helps us to focus on the things we need to remove. Can I tell you this? Sometimes the upset can actually help you. There are some things you will release in pain that you will, that you will probably never release in pleasure. There are some things you will give up when you're hurting that you'll never give up when you're in a happy place. So, so today, could God be asking you this simple thing? Can I just point out some things in your life that I'm just asking you to remove? I want to do more in your life. I want you to conquer this land. I want you to get that. I want you to move forward in your career. But there's some things maybe he's trying to point out in your life today. Out of love, out of love, God, God is love. Maybe there's some things he's wanting to point out. He's just saying, just, hey, can you just remove this? Can you just get rid of this? He says, I want the best for you, but can you just let that go? And so today, with every head bowed, every eye closed in your, in your house, in your car, wherever you're watching this, I don't know where you are, but if, you, if you're here today, I, I, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you say, Pastor Josh, you know what? There's some things I need to tear off. It says tear off every weight. There's some things I need to tear off. There's some things I need to get rid of. There's some things I need to remove. There's some attitudes, ambitions I need to just kind of give up. I just need to let go of. And today, I, this is going to be my day. I'm going to make Jesus truly Lord and ruler of my life. Truly Lord and ruler of my life. You know, it, I, I, today is today. It's, it's, it's a moment of decision. 
So if that's you, when I count to three, just slip your hands up. Don't be condemned. Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody at times may have to go back and rededicate. They may have to review. They have to remove. They have to reach for it. So if that's you today, when I count to three, I want you to get ready just to make that decision. One, two. Say, Pastor Josh, I want you to pray with me. Pray, pray with me. Pray for me. When I say three, I want you just to slip your hand up. Three. Come on, just slip your hand up right there in your house. Come on, slip your hand up right there in your house. Say, pray with me. Pray for me. Hallelujah. I'm going to attack the king of I. I'm about, to get, I'm about to get what God has for me. But as I'm doing, I'm going to get rid of what I don't need in my life. Come on. I'm going to get rid of what I don't need in my life right now. It might be relationships. So this, this moment, this moment, take this moment serious. Pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, I make you the ruler of, my, of this life. I, I, I make you my master. I will pursue you the rest of the days of my life. Lord, I believe that you have the best for me. I believe you want the best for me. Lord, I declare today that I will not question your goodness. I will not question your counsel. I will not question my submission to you. Lord, and if I do, I pray that I will quickly repent. I pray that I will trust in you, Lord, of all my heart and depend not on my own understanding. Lord, from this day forward, I give you my commitment. I give you my commitment. And I believe that no matter what upsets I face, that, Lord, you still have good for me. There is still a plan for my life that you can, that you can allow me to walk in. And today I surrender in Jesus' name. Amen. Give a shout of praise right there in your household, in your home. If you believe that, if you believe that you made a change today, that God changed you. Amen. Amen. Be encouraged today. You've gone through upsets. May God comfort you. May he strengthen you. May he revive you. May he renew you. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Movement Podcast. We pray that this word has richly blessed your life. If it has, we ask that you share it with others, especially during such a time as this. As always, we'd love to connect with you. Visit us on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian, Facebook, Triad Christian Center, or visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org, where we are streaming live Sundays at 11 a.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Until next week, be blessed.